welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello everybody at home and welcome to Second Contact, a Lower Decks commentary podcast. I am your co-host Tristan Riddell and with me as she always is and has been for a decade now it feels like. It really is a decade. We are not that old, Tristan, are we? <laughs> Charlotte I guess we are. Schmidt. Yes, I think we are. Hi. I think we are. We've we've been doing this together for a decade and it's been a wild Damn. wild ride. And we are so happy to be back. <laughs> we are so glad to be back and doing our commentary podcast on Lower Decks because this Lower Decks is just it's chicken soup for the soul. I, or or, or uh, you know what? I should say Leola root soup for the soul. That's what I should say. Oh, there you go. There you go. I'm sure somebody has photoshopped that before, right? The Leola <laughs> root for the soul and internet. then Neelix is there. <laughs> yeah, seriously, if not, please make that happen. Yeah, if we are back, that means Lower Decks is back and just like you, I'm so excited because Lower Decks is my happy place. It scratches that itch that you don't even realize needs to be scratched until it is, and it just feels so good. I'm so happy that Lower Decks is back. Me too. And in between season two and season three, I actually went to a convention in Chicago, uh, and I live in the Chicagoland That's area, right. and I got to see the the voice actors dressed up as their characters at the convention and it was just so much fun like they they they're a laugh riot that you can tell that they absolutely love what they do and that they're a part of the star trek universe it just it it made you feel like watch seeing them dressed up as their characters you realize oh they could step into live action easy like no need to recast or change the actors like they could be their <laughs> on-air characters easy they they totally can and there might actually be something to that but no spoilers <laughs> well i mean the news <laughs> is out there but you can look it up yeah but for purists who are trying really hard i'm, I'm trying to help them out all right but anyway well, uh, hopefully you I'm guys a little have seen that- grounded though you know, like, so hopefully you've right. seen that. And yeah, because <laughs> if you haven't, if you what are you doing listening is... to us? Go watch the show. But what we do uh, as is if this is your first time listening, this is a commentary podcast. And what we do is we queue it up and we watch it along with you guys. And uh, so you, you can queue it up and hit play with us so that you can time it uh, and watch it at the same time as you listen to us. Uh, or you can just listen to it because we try to make it entertaining without even watching it so that if you're driving and you're during your commute and you can't watch it, this is still a good listen for you guys because what we do, and you can do this too, is that we uh, turn on the subtitles and turn down the volume and then we just go from there. And how we cue it is as soon as the uh, new Star Trek fanfare is over, as soon as it goes black, <laughs> boom, we hit pause and then we'll give you a countdown of three, two, one, play, and that's where we'll pick it up. So that's, and that's where, where you we guys go. are in right. tune with us. Yes. And PSA, if you are driving, please don't be watching the show. <laughs> <laughs> Eyes on the road, okay? Don't be Eyes a danger road, to folks. yourself and others. Yes. Eyes if you're driving, please focus so, on that. Here is how the episode is described on Memory Alpha. It's called Grounded. What you get? And 
Mariner enlists her friends on a rogue mission to exonerate her mother as Captain Freeman faces a military tribunal for the destruction of the Paclid planet. That pretty much picks you up where we left off. Exactly. Yeah, this... Well, actually, let's just get into the episode. I was about to start narrating, and we don't need to do that because <laughs> it does it for let's, us. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Okay, so let's here go. we go, folks. Get it ready, get it ready. And here we go. So three, two, one, play. Play. Yeah, a last time on Star production. Trek Lower Decks. <laughs> Previously on Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, wait, wrong one, wrong one. That's why I said Lower Decks. Yes, <laughs> But this so pretty I much found is this super distracting because, you know, you have the ticker at the bottom, the news ticker, and I kept trying to read what was on the news ticker <laughs> and pay attention to what was going on. And it was almost impossible. Yeah, that is so hard. But you do want to see what all of that is, right? Like you've got to pause every couple of seconds and see what you're missing. That's like maybe for the second or third watch. There you go. Yeah. I love that they're <laughs> that Ransom and the Doctor are like they have like cool clothes on and they're wearing sunglasses <laughs> and like the paparazzi. No leaving. comment. Like, no, like, comment. no comment. And of course, my my heart and soul. Um, <laughs> what's her name? Jillian Wigman. <laughs> Doctor Taana. Why in the world, man? It has long. been a year, hasn't it? It's been too long, folks. Oh, my gosh. I forgot her name. How embarrassing. Anyway, yeah, she's just like, F off. Get away. No comment. So what did you expect? From, what, let me say, let me rephrase this. What were you hoping for from this episode, from the beginning of season three? Like you had so much time to, to think about it and build it up in your head. What were you hoping? Well, they did. The one thing that I really wanted them to do, which was to follow up right away with where we left off. Like I wanted that that two-parter, this painstaking year. I wanted the conclusion. It wasn't best of both worlds level by any means, but I, I was hoping that they would do exactly what they did. And I mean, I, I really enjoyed this episode. It's just super energetic, comes out with a punch. And this is episode one. Uh if this is the way the season is starting, I can't wait to see what they keep doing as they keep building because they're doing such a good job of that. And I feel like that's apparent in this episode as we keep going. Now, how about you? Did you have any expectations? I honestly didn't. I, I know that may sound ridiculous and it may sound like I'm lying, but I honestly didn't feel like I, I, I have such trust in Lower Decks that I didn't even really think about it. I was just like, yep, just lay it on me. Just <laughs> yeah, give me whatever you just got. Just give it to me. Just let me know whatever it is and I'll and I'll take it because it'll be great. Yeah, and that much is for sure. You know it's going to be good. And somehow, in my opinion, this show just somehow it keeps managing to get better. I even tweeted Mike McMahon like, how do you guys do it? How do you keep making this show even better? Because it started off so strong and yet they are and Later on, it occurred to me, it's because they're making these relationships that much more complex and that can only come with time and development, but they're doing it and they're doing it well. Now, did we, is this the, did we have the crystalline entity in the intro last season or is this new? That's a good question. I always wonder how, I can how much remember. this is, <laughs> I think it was there before, but don't quote me on that. Yeah, I could be like, I thought it was. Like Romulan's first season and then Romulan, no, it was Romulan Packlids in the first season, then Romulan Packlids and Klingons in the second season. Yeah. And then I think it's Romulan Packlids, Klingons, and now the Crystalline Entity. Whew. 
I'm sure Tretcore or Memory Alpha has that oh, set I'm up. Sure. We just need to go read it. So we have a return to the vineyard. Yeah, all the vineyard. <laughs> Boimler is, of course, dressed as Picard in All Good Things. Of course. Right. Very much derivative of this. But it's not for wine. He's not making wine. He's making <laughs> raisins, which he hates. I love that so much. He just can't stand it. We And also, I mean, I know we're like a, the, the sun-made maiden. It, the, right? The, so deliberate. The, I love it. She is dressed like the sun-made maiden, and that is just absolutely perfect yes. for <laughs> making raisins. Yes, now, as Char- is. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. As is go for it. Bradward's whole thing, like he just does not care at all about these women that are practically trying to jump on him. He's just like, no, hose off, get away. So I wanted to ask you about that. Like, what did you think of that? Like, w- it, it clearly it's just a joke because Bradward is completely oblivious to all these women coming on to him. He's not great at romance. Yeah. Um, why do you think these these women are throwing themselves at? Is it just for the joke, or do you do you think that that purple haired, you know, uh, you know, uh, golden god just has that je ne sais quoi? Tell you what, I think the purple hair can't hurt. And then also, he is, I guess, the presumed inheritor of this oh. legacy raisin farm. And he's, you know, he's the young, hot Boimler <laughs> who will maybe someday, maybe not, take over the farm. And so they want to be in his good graces. And so, yeah, I think it's a little bit of sucking up. I think it's, oh, they do find him sexy. But of course, he's oblivious because he wants nothing but to get out of here. I love that so much. Like, he's actually willing to go with whatever mariner has in mind for once and it gets it gets more and more ridiculous with each girl that comes up i need help oh, absolutely naked, you know? <laughs> yeah come on no you don't <laughs> and cisco's makes an appearance yes how much did you love this and rutherford is wearing a jake sweater he sure is and he is looks that? really good in it and they're eating gumbo and later on we're going to get closer up on the ketracel white hot sauce but i loved that <laughs> detail <laughs> Now, I got a question for you. When it comes to hot sauce and spicy things, are you more of a mariner or a boimler? I'm in between. I'm very ah. much in between. Okay, so like maybe attendee yeah. or, or Rutherford. I think I, I, I'm either attendee or a Rutherford. I, I'm probably more of a Rutherford because, yeah, mariner just loads it up and it feels nothing. Boimler vom- you know, vomits <laughs> at the first out. little bit. Um, I am definitely in the middle. Okay, fair enough. And I'm, then I'm a mariner. pretty sure... Um, Boimler is wearing a Cisco jacket. Is that it? Like, is it, this what he wore when he was on Earth? It sure seems like it. And if it's I not, it should be have wrong, been. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. I think so. <laughs> They're definitely going for the 24th century fashion statements. And I so do we, love. When this episode, we're getting Mariner, who's her, you know, typical obsessed. You know, like nothing can stop her. She's mm-hmm. single-minded. She has a vision. She tunnel. She's single-minded tunnel vision. She you know, is. Th- this is this is her character to a T. It is. She's going absolutely bat crap crazy. Really wants to help her mom. Will do anything she can to help her mom. Does not know how. Just doesn't want to be on this whack planet. Which I, I love that Earth is whack. It's like, what is that big red thing? <laughs> like, you know, that's the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> Nobody drives here. Why do we have this? Right? Isn't it a bunch of solar panels? 
in the future? It depends. They've gone back and forth. It's a huge okay. continuity mistake. Okay. Okay. That's why I can't remember. <laughs> and you can't help but love this sweet old man, right? I love that he's onto them that he, from the get-go. He just calls it out immediately. He's just like, yeah, usually people like Right. Why else would anybody see him? Yeah. But he takes it so cool. He's like, it's fine. I'll make soup. And I do so appreciate all, him wearing the Voyager era uniform. I didn't even notice that. You're yeah, right. It's and he, not, yeah, he has the chief petty officer in insignia. Uh, yeah. Like uh, um, like O'Brien had. Yeah. And of course, we have the the throwback, you know, uh, transporters in the back where I'm sure that you could match from every single era <laughs> of Star Trek. Another place to freeze frame and then identify them all because, of course, we can. And Mariner just did the double-fisted raise where she was about to knock him out. Oh, where, yeah. Like, where classic <laughs> Star Trek fighting style where you put your hands together. No one, no one can survive the double-fisted uh, punch. Well, unless butterscotch candies are involved and then they just interrupt everything. That's true. <laughs> He's so sweet. Don't cry. Don't get upset. It's okay. You were going to try and knock me out. It's happened before. Yeah, we all know Denny. We've all known a Denny. Denny, yeah, and you can't help but love Denny. He's just so sweet. He means so well. Even though he can't really help in this situation, but it's not his fault. He really would help you out. That's the thing. You don't have to knock him out. You just have to ask him. Now, there was a picture of a young woman uh, in the background uh, in uniform. So oh, I wonder, was there? I wonder who that is to him, whether it's yeah. a daughter, granddaughter, sweetheart. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? It's the 25th century. <laughs> yeah, I did not notice that. So uh, I hope that's going to call back later and we find out who that is. Wait, oh wait, no, it's not the 25th century. I'm sorry, I got I got confused. Well, uh, Picard uh, yeah. is in the 25th century. This is 2382. Right, still the very late 24th century then. Oh, now, okay. This, this warmed my insane. heart as the music swells and we zoom in on Bozeman, Montana. I really want to go to this theme park. Like, it looks fun. I want to go to Thirst Contact and get a churro and then go on the Phoenix. And oh my gosh. <laughs> and everybody's wearing like a Zephyrm Cochran hat. Yes. Like he, he had in First Contact. You've got to do it. You've got to go dance by the jukebox. You've got to slide down the Vulcan ship. I mean, come on. How cool is this? <laughs> I love that it's just a little bit cheesy like all theme parks are. And yet... You know, like, come on, you can't help yourself. If they were to actually build it, we would come. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And and um, Zephyr and Cochran's voice is James Cromwell. Yes, who they played Zephyr got Cochran. him. They got James Cromwell. That made me like insanely happy for some reason. Just hearing his voice again. I, I just but, love yeah, this so much. I'm so glad that he's down to come back to Star Trek whenever he can and whenever he's asked because he's he's a Star Trek veteran even well before First Contact oh, came yeah. about. Like he's and, played multiple aliens. And in, uh, just a legend in general, a living legend. Guy has a lot of things to do, but he did lower decks. Now, what is it with churros again? Like what's the connection? Like isn't I mean, there a Star Trek connection with just that? Kind of like a, a Mexican dessert. You know, it's the Cerritos, churros. Well, I, I you know, I, I know it's a, a Mexican dessert, but I, I I couldn't remember if there was some sort of 
lower decks connection to churros but i guess it's just you're at a theme park you're gonna have a churro you know like, like disney right you know, kind of thing. you're probably not going to be eating burritos because that's normally what the crew is eating but they're not on the ship so <laughs> churros it is we're gonna eat snack food now and okay they got the the music for magic carpet like they everything sure is did oh man the only thing they did not do was get ubi doobie but if you're getting James Cromwell and Magic yeah. Carpet. I understand that the rights to these things cost a lot of money. So, okay, we can let that slide. Magic Carpet Ride was much more important. <laughs> and I love the fact that Zephram Cochran says, let's rock and roll. <laughs> so great. Yeah, no, this is, um, th- this was really great. Like seeing the, like, it's such a, an extreme throwback. Like it is, because that's the thing about Lower Decks is that it's unabashedly nostalgic. Like that's the entire point of the show. 100%. Yeah. It really captures the magic of Star Trek first contact. Like you really feel like you're like right back in that. It brings all those happy feelings. And there is no point. Like there's so, uh, how do I phrase this? So many times, especially with new Trek, you people have often criticized it for being nostalgic or leaning too hard on the past or having too many cameos or references and things like that. Sure. But with lower decks, there's no sense of quote unquote selling out because that's the entire point of the show is you play the Easter egg game when you watch it. (laughs) Right. That is a part of its branding. There is no limit unless it were to detract from the story. But I don't really think that's happened, at least not yet. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, like with this whole first contact thing, the reason why they're there is to steal the ship so they can get to space. It's not just like, oh, and then let's go to, you know, Bozeman just because it's like, no, there's a a specific reason they're going there. Yeah, there's a real actual good story about this. It's pretty, pretty good. Pretty well done. So in this scene, we find out that Boimler's hair is not naturally purple. Which begs the question, what color is it naturally? And I, if, I'm a little miffed at them. <laughs> really? For, for making that dyed. Because I wanted some sort of weird sci-fi reasoning as to why his hair was purple. I would I wanted Aww. to know he had like some sort of, you know, great grandfather that was an alien. That like in cool. that gene snuck in or something like that. I wanted something, not something like it's just lame because he dies. No, I didn't like that. But wait, what if there is a good reason why he dyes it purple? Maybe there is another story behind it. It's just not naturally that way. Also, Jack Quaid, uh, you know, we could definitely get some sort of weird retcon thing going using Jack Quaid's natural hair color on Boimler and making that a thing now that we know that that's not his natural purple hair. It'd be funny if like maybe it was another ridiculous color, like it was blue. <laughs> he just wanted to like, darken it and he he dyed it he dyed it purple and they're like he's like yeah i just felt it was weird to have blue hair but like but not purple <laughs> <laughs> now see that would be kind of funny too and he does look so, good with purple hair so if it's just a looks thing it, he's doing it so it's a re- it's a recurring theme in here to trust in starfleet to trust in the process. Yep. And it's funny because in Lower Decks, that's something that you can say and do where it's just like trust Starfleet to do the right thing because like it's kind of like those those off, often we get those scenes where like Rutherford was thinking about swapping careers or like leaving engineering or something like that. And then the engineer was just like, good for you. Another man is finding himself, you know, like something yeah. like that. And but in our live action track, 
we've seen many times where Starfleet does not do the right thing and our crew has to intercede in order yes. to get stuff done. So I feel like Mariner's cynicism about trusting the system is very justified. I was really with her on that, to be completely honest. And for the longest time, I, as I was trying to think of like what sort of morals, meanings, and messages we were supposed to get out of this episode, was it to trust Starfleet, trust the system? Because that, that really wasn't it. I think the real moral and message in me, uh, meeting, as I learned from Mission Log Live on Monday, uh, was not my thought, though. <laughs> Thank you, Paul H., is you should not do things alone. You need help. You need your mm. friends. And one thing that I love so much about this episode is just how much this friendship has really formed now. Like, this is a solid foursome. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Like, these four work together well. Like, we often see them in pairs where, like, they'll meet up together, the four of them, but they go on adventures separately. Like, where it's, yeah. you know, it's either, like, Tendi and Rutherford or Boimler and Mariner. But here, this adventure is all of them together. and. Yeah, it was it was interesting because I felt the same way that you did, where you know, like like should we trust in Starfleet? But like as we've been <laughs> hit with so much cynicism lately, you know, uh -huh. with with New Trek and also outside of Star Trek, you know, just like with so many other shows where you can't trust you can't trust a governing body, right? And why would you, right? You know, and everything like that. But like in the lower decks world, these are people like Starfleet is the best of the best, and so we haven't seen any. There's no section 31. You know, uh, like there's, well, <laughs> well, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, like there I, is, but we don't but there like is, to talk about it. But we don't talk about it. Like, I know that's an oversimplification and overstatement because we, we've yes. seen Tendi go through like some black ops stuff before. But you, you understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah, this really is kind of the utopia yeah. of Star Trek. You know, in Picard, things aren't quite as good. Things fall apart a little bit. And then in Dis Disco, Starfleet has to rebuild in the future. So this is where, and, this was the sweet spot. And even with TNG, where it was Utopia and, and Starfleet was the best of the best, there were still badmirals. You know, there's oh, still- Oh, sure. You know, admirals, people did the, conspiracy aliens. I mean, yeah. things were going on. You can't always trust. It's good to question everything with a critical eye, even if you do trust like in it that they had these fighter designs uh on on like it wasn't just a shuttle that showed up like no this is a this is a starfleet fighter that we yeah. saw in um during the dominion war like i i really enjoyed that they brought that design back <laughs> do these like alien dwelling creatures remind you of the episode elosion because well, the, it very the much reminds they... me of that yeah, that's what I thought. I thought they were going to say like, oh, they flatulate, you know, like that's how they travel through, <laughs> yeah. through space. I was, I was expecting them to call them space sperm, basically, but they're actually having an orgy on the Cerritos. So <laughs> I think they actually one up a bit. So like, I thought that this was going to go in a different way. Like I thought that these life forms were going to create like some sort of exoskeleton around mm. the ship to kind of allow them to fly through space again and create some sort of living organism on the surface of the Cerritos and then they'd warp out to investigate what was going mm. on. Like I thought this was going to be a multi-episode arc. <laughs> and so I was surprised that it was finished so quickly. That if anything, maybe is my criticism about this episode is things do wrap up really easily and really quickly. Yeah. So much is going on though, that I almost don't notice until it's like, Oh, you blink and you miss it. And Okay. I mean, I'm not totally mad about that because they didn't need to stretch it out. Um, yeah. 
what happened needed to happen. It's just, yeah, in the background, we weren't necessarily getting tons of Captain Freeman's trial and stuff like that. Although I do love the court sketch. That's so great. (laughs) Well, I think the reason why they did it that way was a reminder to everyone that this is the lower decks crew. They're not going to be involved in that in any way, shape, or form. Right. What can they possibly do besides sit and watch? Nah. Yeah. Like this is, this is, this was the, the mission of the show from episode one. Like these are not the people who are involved in the bridge operations that we normally saw in TNG and Voyager and everything like that. It was the people who found out after the fact. Right. Right. Exactly. Lest we forget that's been a theme before. And excuse me. And then we have the, uh, this is Kelsey Grammer's captain. Oh my God. That was episode. (laughs) That was so funny. I love that they did that. Cause you know, Bozeman, he was the captain of the Bozeman. Well done. Well done. I say, plus we get to see commander Tuvok. Yeah. I was not expecting him to show up, but all right. Very cool. What what a great rendering of his face too. Like it's such a, like that, that looks like Tuvok, you know, it definitely does. Yeah. So one thing that I think this episode does so well in terms of giving us that exposition, it's that's fine. But this uh, episode is all about, like you said, our, our lower deckers and the fact that they go through so many things that do not help Captain Freeman at all. Not even a little. <laughs> I find that not hilarious. Even a little, not even I an mean, ounce. that's on brand once again. And yeah, I, I like that her dad reinforced that. It's just like, I told you to trust our fleet. And the friends are like, just trust the process. <laughs> yeah, but it's hard to do that when you've been burned before. Oh, yeah. So, this episode has shown me that I want to see um, the bridge crew in those cool outfits more. I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And the other thing I love in this episode is starting right about now. Mariner and Freeman, their relationship, it's gotten so complicated. There's so many things behind why they have this this friction between them. I mean, there's definitely love in this relationship, but it's also very frustrating for them both, probably because they're too much alike. I think that's even been said before, but I'm really glad that Mariner's parents have decided we are not helping here. We are actually enabling you to do what you do by trying to cover for your ass. So I'm really excited to see what this whole thing with Ransom, how that comes about. Is this going to mold Beckett Mariner into that model Starfleet officer? Like, is she going to get reined in? What sort of struggles are we going to have along the way? I don't know. I'm curious about what we're doing here. It's going to be interesting. They're definitely setting it up so that you... You know, like this, this is a a big thing that's going to happen this season. Like this is going to be the recurring thing. Like we thought that the trial or their adventure to exonerate um, the captain would be kind of a a big piece, but, or at least for the first couple of episodes, but this is definitely what we're going to be looking at is this much more small, this smaller dynamic and which is, you know, very, very lower decks for the, for the reasons that we talked about earlier. It's like, these aren't the big missions. This isn't going to be the big arc. This isn't discovery. You know, this is lower decks, and so it's going to be about uh, Mariner dealing with Ransom in her own way. And <laughs> now they, they've laid the groundwork for a lot of, um, you know, sexual tension between Ransom and Mariner. So it makes you wonder, like, yeah. what, you know, like, what's going to happen, if anything, like, it is. Yeah. Will they even go there? 
yeah, will they go there? Will they not? You know, I think it's fine either way. Like if they don't touch on it, that's fine. Um, yeah. I don't know if I care if they do or not. Yeah. I, if they do, they need to make it weird in a good way because it's going to be weird. Cause that's yes, lower it's decks. It's got to be weird. Like <laughs> they, I, I cannot see them having some sort of relationship. Mm, uh, I no. think that would be odd. So uh, it's got to be weird. Also Jennifer. Yes, that's right. We saw Jennifer. So what's going to happen there? You know, like right? what is. That's what I'd really like to check up on is like, how are Beckett and Jennifer doing? You know, is the relationship progressing? Is it going anywhere? Or is this just kind of a fun fling for the time being? Yeah. Absolutely. I'd like to know more about that. But that's episode one, season three, the opener. It's it. That's it. It's in the can. I am so excited that we're back. I cannot wait to do this again and for, with episode two. And you know what, guys? Please let us know what you think of this episode. You can tweet us um, at Join Nerd Party. You can find us on Facebook at The Nerd Party, on Instagram at The Nerd Party. And you can also uh, email us by going to thenerdparty.com slash contact, selecting our show, filling out the form, and it'll send us an email. Let us know what you think. And uh, as always, please, you know, go to uh, go to Apple, iTunes, and uh, Sprecher, or whatever you want to call it, and give us a review. <laughs> because the more we get reviews, the it's it just, we you know, shows live and die by that, but we're doing this for the love, and we want to hear from you. <laughs> regardless so please yeah. tune in next week when we do episode two of season three join the revolution join the nerd party